Welcome to Medically Speaking, Auburn's own medical radio show with host Dr. Mark Vaughn of the Auburn Medical Group and Larry Finney. We're back. <laughs> Thank you, Johnny. Medically Speaking Radio is back again for the second time in four years. Well, no, for the first time in four years. For the second time of all time, first time in four years. Okay, for those of you unfamiliar, we had the, the show, we put them out on Podcast World. We haven't done any shows for four years. Except for last week's that we did live. Yeah. But then there's some people, people continue to download these shows. We don't know who you are or why. But for you, we thought, yeah, there must be somebody out there. Yeah. 64,000 downloads. And that's before last week's live show, uh, which we don't know because we're actually recording this before last week. Boy, you're really confusing me. This is one of those like, time warp things. Yeah. Yeah. Because... uh we're pre-recording the second week of February right now. Oh. And last week we were live and it was a blast. Okay. It was so cool to be back live with people calling in with, with our guest, Kevin Hill last week. <laughs> so you're actually saying this in the future of that show, hoping that it was a blast. Okay. Anyway. Our audience will forgive. <laughs> so anyway, yeah. Um, at least the 64,000. Well, what did we, we were theorizing before we started taping here or taping. See, listen, this is how old I am. Tape. I still use the term tape, right? But like a piece of plastic with a magnetic <laughs> right? material yes, on it. Yes. Mylar with uh, magnetic filings. Anyway, uh, we were, we were speculating before we began to record as to what these people were doing with who is, who's, who's downloading and doing what with it. They're making 60. CDs. 64,000 downloads of Medically Speaking Radio. Of an obscure, and sometimes, we'll admit, I'll I'll flat out admit, some of our episodes are pretty boring. We had had some best guests that put me to to sleep. You know, we we will not necessarily invite every guest we had back then back. Okay. Yeah. Enough said. Okay. But but we'll try not to put you to sleep. No, that is not our goal. We don't want to put you to sleep. We want you to come back. We want you to laugh. We want this show to become an epidemic. We want to be viral. We want to infect you. (laughs) We want the CDC to study us. And if we expose ourselves to you, you will be infected. And you will spread it. If you're exposed to us, I mean, that's no, I I came out totally wrong. Who's who's exposed? (laughs) No, never mind. Drive on. All right. Let's talk about um, speaking of infections and. The big news right now, well, maybe it's not news by the time maybe it's this not news particular. Now. Yeah, yeah. Well, okay, so it's the measles, right? Measles, big we, deal in California. Big, well, okay. So, yeah, in fact, I was, I was perusing the interwebs, and there was a, a story. The headline was, infect, uh, measles infected person uh, allegedly drove through Kern County. <laughs> drove through. Yes, could traveled have, traveled through Kern County. Could have stopped. Could it? Well, probably did. Stopped at Jake's there in downtown Bakersfield and had a, you know, a burrito or something. But so so now you know, lock the doors. You know, hide your children. Um, you know, if your if your dog starts foaming at the mouth, shoot him. <laughs> you know what? So okay. So explain to us, the doctor, why the. Did we even introduce ourselves, come to think of it? Well, the uh, Gary did. 
Okay. Yeah. But we should say who is who. So people can yeah. guess, oh, okay, that voice is Dr. Vaughn. And well, that voice you just heard was Dr. Vaughn. I am Dr. Vaughn. And I'm Larry Finney. So now you know. Okay. So I'm going to ask Dr. Vaughn why we should be afraid of the measles. What's the big deal about them? Is it particularly contagious? It's very contagious, and uh, the death rate's somewhere around one in a thousand. So every th- uh, in a given thousand patients, one may die from complications. No. No, on average, one will. Oh, one will. We just don't know which one. Oh. Well, that's not a good, good deal. Sometimes you can guess. Yeah. Yeah. You, you can Okay, and, and, and it's a preventable disease through vaccination. That's the best, best, best way to prevent it. Yes, and, and we had it. We did. In 2000, there was no more, year, of two, year 2000, there was no measles in the United States. It had been eradicated. About when, if you know, did the, did the measles vaccine begin to be uh, administered? Oh, I don't even know. Uh, I usually see the figure of 1980 for when it was widely given and when we consider that everybody was getting it yeah but i don't know when before that what the course was how it started and how many people were getting it but we, we say 1980 yeah everybody was getting it at that point okay so now we're talking about eradication here in the present day in the in the year 2015 the big news is measles may be making a comeback the news story i read just minutes ago said that there are 84 Five cases nationally. Now that doesn't sound like a comeback to me. Eighty-five. Well, it's compared to zero in two thousand. Right. Well, and then the other part of the panic is, um, it only takes a little spark to get a, a, a dry field to burn, right? There, there are apparently are a number of of individuals who are susceptible who have not been vaccinated for various reasons. One of which is. I know that there's a movement among some to, they just either don't believe in vaccines. Um, they're, they're afraid of them. There's been some, some belief that the side effects of the vaccine are more dangerous than the disease it's attempting to prevent. Wow. Oh. I, I believe that that information is coming from, uh, I think it's Elvis, either that or the aliens. I'm not sure which, <laughs> but some reputable source like that. Well, the, the, most schools, most public schools require children to be vaccinated before they can enroll in school, with the exception of the, and I, I forget the exact term used for the, the anti, I call them the anti-vaccination crowd. It's like being a conscientious objector. Mm-hmm. They can opt out. Well, yeah, we live in a country where we can't make you do something. Right. We have rights. Well, I don't know. I, I've been made to pay taxes. Hmm. Just, you know, just interesting as an example, you know, if I, if I try to stop paying them. Sounds a bit like a violation of the right to private property to me. <laughs> there you go. It, it, it is what it is there. We have a number of pros and cons arguments for and against the vaccinations. I, okay. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm really missing any significant against. Cons? Okay. Yeah. Well, the against the, the fear of the side effects. Okay, you know, anaf- so I, anaphylaxis, or how about the, the there was a connection with uh, autism, supposedly. That was a different vaccine. Okay, well, but the problem is the people hear that that connection. No, they believe anything they read on Facebook. Well, I know, I know. Okay, so hey, I think, you know what? I think I'm going to be uninhibited with the return of Medically Speaking Radio. Yeah, yeah, 
What are you going to do? Well, we don't have any corporate sponsors that we have to be holding to. I can say what I really think of the anti-vaccine crowd. Okay. And have them throw eggs at me and, and send me hate mail. Okay. And, you know, I'll just say, Bring I, it. I, I think that, that there are not, um, oh, shoot, I'm finding myself being politically correct. I can't help it. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm trying, really. I'm trying to tell them what I really think. I, I do believe that they are not analyzing the data correct or they don't have access to correct data. Okay. And I, and I believe that after spending much time studying and practicing medicine and getting experience and being trained and, you know, people get mad at a doctor often and say, well, you, you think you're something because, because of all that and, and you have degree after name and this and that, um, but you don't know everything. Absolutely. I don't, but the, the data is very, very clear that the measles, mumps, rubella vaccine, the MMR vaccine is safe and that measles is not safe. Okay. So if let's say I am a, a, a parent in front of you right now, debating whether or not to get my child vaccinated. And I'm saying, oh. no, I really, I, I have some concerns about the possible side effects. Yeah. I would say they, they are unfounded. So you're guaranteeing me that little Johnny will not get some I'm not horrible. Say, no, no. Yeah. I will guarantee he's not getting something horrible. Yeah. I won't say he doesn't like getting a shot. I won't say maybe he feels a little funny afterwards. Yeah. That's the extent of it. But he's got a one in a thousand chance of dying if he gets measles. Hmm. Okay. So th that's, that's yeah. your. Yeah. One in a thousand chance of dying. What's the chance of him? Well, it's probably like 90% chance he doesn't like getting a shot. But well, that, that's a guarantee. Yeah. I, I remember being, I don't like paying taxes. <laughs> and, and I know people are just flat out afraid of needles. Yeah. And, and little kids, you can't explain it. Yeah. Got to deal with it, but yeah. Well, okay. So I had, I had searching around trying to figure out what, what the arguments are of the, of the anti-vaccine crowd. And I ran to a, a pro and con site. And so some of the, the elements that the anti-vaccine folks cite are the, well, the side effects that, uh, one of their arguments is natural immunity is more effective than immunity gained through vaccination. In other words, natural immunity, if I've had the disease, I will develop a better immunity than if I had some phony baloney vaccine. But, but right, that, right away, that, that argument... I'm sorry, that argument is... is oh, my goodness. <laughs> Where do you start, right? <laughs> okay. Yes, there, there, there's quite a fallacy, logical fallacy in that argument. Let, let's that, go ahead and get the disease and then I'll be fine. The ones who survive are, and they have good immunity, but we were much better immunity to giving everybody a shot than giving the whole bunch the disease. Okay. Fair so, enough. So, so maybe, maybe it's not a hundred percent, maybe it's 99% effective, but you know what? Natural immunity is not a hundred percent either. Okay. Well, in measles, before there was a vaccine, killed like thousands. See, that's annually. The problem. the problem is we've got no memory. The people who are born before fifty-seven—that's kind of a, a benchmark that we're using for measles, saying that the people born before then we really don't have to worry about because they—they're immune to it. They were around it so much. That's the so-called natural immunity. Mm -hmm. Okay, those people know what this is. Those people know what polio is. These people saw it. They saw people die. They knew, they knew people who lost their children. 
um, if you're listening to this and you were born before 57, please tell all of the anti-vaccination out there that they need to stop it. Okay. Now I'm coming out of my shell. Okay. Ooh, uh, ooh, I, I said in politically incorrect word, I'm going to get hated, <laughs> hate mail for that. I'm one of those people. I remember having measles. I, uh, I had measles as a kid over 50 years ago. You survived. And I, it, well, I survived it, but I, I distinctly remember what a miserable, even 50 years later, I can remember what a miserable experience it was. Wow. Um, my, my, I, I, I distinctly remember my symptoms. I got like an itchy eyes and a runny nose and it felt like a really, um, like an allergic reaction. And my aunt was looking at me and spotted a little dot behind my ear. Uh, and she says, ah, I think I know what you've got. Yeah. Well, then the other weird thing was that I got extremely light sensitive and I had to wear, I wore sunglasses. I mean, just normal, uh, you know, normal light was extremely, uh, uncomfortable. And the thing is, it lasted for like two weeks. And my there wasn't a square inch of my body that wasn't covered with these little red dots. It was, it was pretty nasty. <laughs> I never wanted to repeat it. No. And, and nor do we want anybody to if we can avoid it. So that's why we're encouraging. Now, we do need to talk about uh, what action can be taken and who needs to take action. Well, then who do? Who do? Action points. Yes. Okay. So for the general public, General public, if you're born before 1957, forget, forget about it. Forget about it. Forget about it. But there's certain groups, anybody who, who's especially immune compromised. So if you have a disease of your immune system, if you have AIDS, if you have lymphoma, leukemia, other types of cancer, diabetes, you probably should get some kind of booster unless we know for sure, you know, like a titer to show that you have immunity. And the recommendation is that you go ahead and get the full series of two shots if you're in that group. Now, for anybody who's over 18 and was born after 1957 and you don't work in healthcare, then the recommendation is that if you didn't get the full series, all you need is just one shot. One simple shot. Just one. And, and we recommend doing that instead of checking a blood test. You know, we call it a titer. Yeah. We recommend getting the shot instead of that because it's going to cost you more than twice as much to get the blood test and the shot than if you just got the shot. So in other words, you've already have the yeah. immunity and you got a shot, then you've, well. Yes, and there's no significant danger to the problem right. the shot. Now, the, my recollection when my kids were all vaccinated, it was, it was called MMR, measles, mumps, rubella. That was the vaccine. It was a package deal. So you got, because I remember getting the mumps too, and that is no fun, ladies and gentlemen. Glands swell. And, yes. and if you're an adolescent male. And yes, I was going to say. That is extremely unpleasant. Yes. The testicle will swell and sometimes uh, will be damaged. Don't even say that. Oh, okay. I will tear off my headphones and burn my ears if you even suggest that again. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <sighs> so, did so I, MMR. Did I, did I really say And the other ones that rubella is the, the, the so-called German measles. Yeah, I, I don't know where that comes from. But I, yeah, I don't know. I bet it has something to do with the country in Europe. Well, are they, is, is rubella a different, significantly different symptom wise than the, what we just call plain old it, measles? It has a rash that's somewhat similar. So, okay. Yeah. Why German? I, yeah, there's a reason. So, so, okay. So let's, let's get back to some of the arguments from the anti-vaccine crowd. They're saying that the rarity of these diseases now, particularly 
you know, the measles, the mumps, the rubella, makes it unnecessary to uh, get the vaccination. Not there yet. Not there. Uh, they're, they're going to be right someday um, when we get rid of it. We're not there yet. Well, they're, they're, they're leveraging off of a phenomenon called herd immunity, where if, if 95% of the population is effectively immune, that remaining 5% benefits because the chance of, of widespread disease, you know, I mean, if, if you're yeah, a small population, yeah. the chance of you running into another The chance of me causing person. a problem by not paying taxes. Right. Well, <laughs> so well everybody else that. is paying, so I don't need to. It's, it is possible that the IRS listens to this show. <laughs> you may be calling I, down I, bad I, mojo. I got nothing to hide. We are, we are joking, Mr. IRS agent. Anyway, so, and, well, and so, so really what these folks are saying is, hey, well, I don't have to do it. Somebody else is doing it for me. Like, these are the people that, um, you know, they don't contribute to uh, whatever worthy cause because lots of other folks are doing it and they'll carry me along. You mean they're not going to give to Medically Speaking Radio to help for production costs? Exactly. That would be a wrong kind of an idea. It's like, you know, wow, I'm not going to contribute to public TV or whatever. I'll, I'll watch it, but I ain't going to pay for it. I ain't paying for TV. <laughs> well, anyway. Um, how, okay, how about this? Now, this is, this is a complete... You know, but this was listed among the arguments that the diseases themselves, measles, monks, monks, measles, mumps, chicken pox. How do you catch monks? The monks. You grab the robe. <laughs> you grab them by the robe. Oh, that little uh, tuft of hair at the back of their head. I don't know. Um, the disease themselves are, are relatively harmless. So what the heck? Let's just let it get caught. Well, no, that's why we invented the vaccine to begin with. Right? It, it feels harmless. It uh, feels harmless when you've never seen it and you're, living in the age of vaccination, but you know, our parents know a different story. Yes. So please uh, share it. I am my parent. I know a different I story. I've had the thing. Well, no, and, and, and I'm of that age group that I remember the terror that was polio. Yeah. I remember kids at school who, yeah. who were affected by it and, yes. and crippled. And please uh, tell your kids and tell their friends there's a reason for this. Yeah. And and eradicating diseases through vaccination. <clears throat> Excuse me. Why would that be a bad thing? Yeah, I can't come up with a reason that it's bad. Yeah. Except so, unless you have the nihilistic view that, well, something else is just going to take its place. Yeah. Something's going to do us in. Now, we, we touched a, a moment ago on the notion I, that... We did not touch. We're across the room from each other. No, 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 no. Separated. We're, we're not, yeah. No, we touched on the notion that autism was caused by... Uh, excuse me. Uh, there's a link between autism and what, what vaccination I believe was, it was it? the polio vaccine they were picking on for the autism. Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure I, which one it was, yeah. but, um, but the I, evidence just isn't there. Well, it's been looked at, it's been looked at, it's been looked at. It, and, and they, the, the, those who keep coming back to that argument will cite a 1998 article that was published in Lancet based on the, the studies uh, by a doctor, Andrew Wakefield and his, his research was subsequently uh, retracted by Lancet in 2010. Now, now the, the original publication was 1998. Lancet retracted it in 2010. And I am of the belief, based on my uh, quick research, that Mr. Wakefield has been stripped of his medical license. What? In Britain, yeah. They, they, wow. They, they, his, They're really strict. Um, 
it wasn't just for coming to false conclusions. It was there was the implication was that his his conclusions were intentionally uh, false. Do you have any knowledge as to what advantage he had in doing that? Uh, I'd I'd have to research it some more. There was some rumbling about that he may have been co-opted by uh, uh, outside influences. Hmm. See, I, I just wonder what the what the motivation is. Yeah, I don't know. Um, it would have to be something like that. Yeah, you look at the motivation. What's the motivation for vaccination? Well, it's... I don't want to get sick? It's Well, I, no, I was thinking of the nefarious. Oh. You know, oh, well, there's some kind of a control, mind oh, control oh, in oh, it. The government's going to control right. us through or, it. Or the or big pharma just wants to sell you there a you product. Go. Just, they're, yeah, just gonna, money. Well, what about that? They, they've created yeah. a, a fear that's not really founded, and they're going to make you... Uh, get scared and go out and get that vaccine. But let me just tell you what, if you look at the breathless um, uh, reporting over these 85, 85 cases of measles nationally, I think a lot of them were in Disneyland. I think it was a high concentration because Disneyland tends to have a lot of, well, uh, children visiting the park. And from outside of the country where maybe people aren't vaccinated. Right, Because right. we're thinking it came from outside. The, 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 the contagion can, can last, or the, the, the virus or whatever. It is. It's, it's a virus, right? Virus. Yeah. Can last hours in the air. It's airborne and, and on Very environmental contagious. services. It is airborne, yeah. Plus, so, you don't know you have symptoms for seven to ten days. Right. Yeah. So you climb into It's a Small World at Disneyland. You sneeze, and you're going to find out what a small world it is. <laughs> Everybody's going to come out with little dots on them yeah. eventually. Wow, what a thought. Yeah. So so there's that. So, you know, so to sort of wrap this up, I, I, I guess if you want to just look at it, you know, statistically or uh, probabilistically, if you're a gambler or whatever you are, I mean, these are the same people that play the lottery with the intention of, of winning it. I mean, come on. Getting the vaccination, the, 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 the downside risk is so incredibly low. But, but being unvaccinated, your, your downside is... Is yeah, I, re- I remember when, devastating. We, when we did the show before, we did calculations on influenza. There was an influenza vaccine in the 70s that was associated with a, a condition where you would have uh, muscle weakness. And it could be pretty serious, and people could actually end up on ventilators. So this is because of the vaccination itself? This was in the 70s. This isn't yeah. the one we, we have now. The incidence of that I calculated how often you would expect that to happen. And what it came out to was it was about a, a, a hundredth to a thousandth of the risk of dying from being exposed to influenza without the vaccine. Mm-hmm. So you were a hundred to a thousand times more likely to die without it than you were to catch this thing. I mean, it, that's actually dying from influenza, right. which which is happens. It's it's not all that common. Not everybody dies from influenza, but it was so incredibly rare that that would happen with that strain in the seventies. The numbers were a hundred to a thousand times in favor of getting the vaccine. So the bottom line is, uh, 
Fear the disease. Fear the disease, not the vaccination. Yeah, vaccinate, vaccinate, vaccinate. You're not going to hurt somebody vaccinating. Well, well, look at how scared everybody is over 85 cases. Now they've they've suddenly changed their tune. This is a bit a little bit like the anti-gun crowd. You know, some virulent anti-gunner who who is who, who's now had a home invasion robbery or something. It's now a born again you know NRA member. You know, they, it was they were perfectly happy. The difference there, though, is that the 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 evidence supports the anti-gun crowd. Don't get me started. There's different podcasts for that. Study after study after study (laughs) shows that the people who own the guns are more likely to be harmed by them than helped by them. Uh, Well, okay. That's another, that's a whole nother podcast. (laughs) Maybe we'll do do that. Do you, do you have to interview your um, patients for, I've I've heard stories of doctors uh, supposedly having to ask patients if, whether or not they have. Firearms in the house. This is another one that just goes viral on Facebook. Okay, yeah. so that's yeah. that's bogus too. Huh? No, no, it happens. It, oh, yeah. it doesn't need happen. Uh, the American Academy of uh, Pediatricians is encouraging uh, screening for any risk factor in, in okay. the home, and so this is the the uh, swimming pools. This is the yep, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, uh, this is the uh, perspective of the people doing the questioning. Where they're coming from is we want to be able to intervene by yeah. saying. By doing a follow-up question, you know, if the answer is yes, we have handguns in the house or we have guns in the house, the follow-up question is, do you store them loaded? Oh, okay. Do you have a safe? Do you have gun locks on them? Because Fair if enough. you have children in the home, you know, this is, pediatricians are doing this, they are at higher risk for injury. And again, the data bears it out. They okay. are at higher risk for injury if those measures aren't taken. Fair enough. I, I, I could go with that. Yeah. yeah. So, Kind of like having the gate around the swimming pool. Same thing. Right. Yeah. Are you, if you're doing this, that does present some risk because the people with swimming pools have more deaths of drownings than people who don't. Right. People who have guns have more deaths of shootings than people who don't. So if it's there, okay, what can we do to help make the situation safer for the children? That's where this comes from. It's not because somebody's trying to take all your guns away from you. Although I would feel safer if they were. <laughs> Which I know you don't see the logic in that. Yeah, you and I are going to go to the mats on that one. But um, I, I think our audience would enjoy hearing that. Yeah, um, Numavax because you're gonna, I'm younger and strong. <laughs> when I'm older and meaner, and I'm packing, so uh, <laughs> I know who's winning. Anyway, so you were going to talk about Numavax. Numavax. Okay, Numavax is one of two pneumonia vaccines. They have different numbers of what they call valencies. One's 23, that's Pneumovax, and the other one is 13. It's referring to the number of specific strains they're protecting against. Okay, so you would think, oh, the 23 is better than the 13. That's where I would go. For whatever reason, it's not. And I actually don't know. I haven't studied enough to tell you why, but I can tell you possible reasons. One would be that the strains are not as much of a threat as the 13 strains, or it's just works better. Either way, the 13 seems to be the one that you more want somebody to have. And I have not read enough on the literature on it to understand why the the so-called Prevnar or 13 valent was given to babies and still is. Whereas we were giving the Pneumovax or the 23 to people 65 and older. And of course, any adult with diabetes or immune compromise or respiratory illness now, the CDC says, oh, 
you should be giving the Prevnar 13 valent to all these people over 65 and the adults with these immune compromising situations also. Also or instead of? Also. And yes, there's a reason to talk about this. Is it also or is it instead of? So now they say to give them a year apart. They recommend that you give the newer one first and then the older one. Of course, all the people who already have the older one, the recommendation is new to also give them the newer one now year apart. Okay. Not a huge big deal about which one you get first. I will say, though, as of now, we are finding that Medicare is only paying for one pneumonia vaccine. Oh. Yeah. So. Now, if you're a little kid, you're not worried about that. But but you're 65-plus right. crowd. 65-plus crowd. They are the ones that's recommended that they get both. So if you've already had one and... Uh, you got the regular one that we were given everybody, the Pneumovax. The if you don't have some kind of secondary insurance or HMO or whatever that covers vaccines, this thing can be, depending on where you get it, a $300 vaccine plus administration fee. So it's not chump change that we're talking about if you just pay out of pocket for it. Mm. So I'm in a weird predicament being the doctor and giving the advice and counseling the patients. Do I tell everybody they need to spend $300 plus to get this vaccine that their uh, Medicare doesn't cover because they already got the first one? Or do I tell them to wait and hope that oh, maybe it'll be covered next year? You know, chances are you'll be fine. Chances are you won't get pneumonia between now and then. Well, I, and I, I guess if I were the patient doing that calculus, one of my factors would be what are the dangers or the risks of my getting pneumonia? Yeah. Yeah. And, and um, if, if you're a real healthy person, well, you do have the risk just simply being over 65 is, is a risk factor. Okay. Now, if you also have a history of smoking or you have known lung disease or you have some kind of immune compromise that we know of, well, the, the reasons to get it are starting to stack up. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not saying spend your last, last dime to get it, but you need to consider that there might be value in getting it uh, because you don't know that you're not going to get exposed to something that either is pneumonia itself or turns into pneumonia. That's how uh, influenza kills most people is the bugs get them when they're down from the influenza and it turns into pneumonia with a secondary bacterial infection. And, and then it gets really ugly. Yeah. Yeah, it does. Uh, yeah. A lot of people uh, are, are healthy going into their sixties. Um, coming out the other end, there, there's a lot more cases of pneumonia than there were coming into it. It's just the, the numbers bear it out. I thought you were going to go into a discussion about uh, diarrhea. Oh, going out? Going out the other end. Yes. Yeah. You do know that diarrhea is hereditary. <laughs> How so? It runs in the genes. <laughs> I stepped in that one. Oh, gross. <laughs> I, I shouldn't have let you do that. Okay, so, I so, opened the door, right? Okay, so the uh, now there are some insurances that will pay for both of them. Um, we, are, we are giving both of them right now. Uh, as much as as we can keep people immunized, and the uh, you know it's it's a tough call on that Prevnar. If if you have an insurance that covers it, it's just wonderful because you just go ahead and, and get it, and it's fine. And we, we've had no problems giving it. Nobody's had any reactions to the the Prevnar at all. And and it's recommended that you just do it once after you're 65. Do it one time at 65. Don't repeat it. There are certain groups that you will repeat certain vaccines for, especially the immune compromised folks, people with AIDS or people with lymphoma people who don't have a spleen, uh, those special groups, they need to talk to their doctor about what 
kind of schedule they're going to be on for repeating that. You know, on one of our past shows over four years ago, we talked to uh, Dr. Bombach. Oh, he yeah. talked about the uh, the shingles vaccine, the yeah. uh, um, herpetic, uh, what do they call it? Um, Zoster. So, yeah, the post-herpetic. Um, oh, the neuropathy? Yeah. Yeah, the painful, yeah. Oh, that, that when people reach a certain age, I think it was 60, was it? That you uh, now that's changed since that show. Oh, yeah, that was approved for use in people age sixty and older. Okay. Since then, it's been approved uh, for people all the way down to age fifty. Okay. His point, though, I remember him saying that 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 getting this shot to prevent the the the, her, the uh, shingles. That it was expensive at that time. It was like you know you're talking you're throwing out three hundred dollars for this. Uh, pneumonia vaccine. I think at the time he was tossing around a hundred, hundred and a half and that right. people were it's around like, 200 now. Yeah. And they didn't want to want to do it. Well, then he said, I have patients now who have this post herpetic neuralgia who would pay any price yeah. to make uh-huh. that go away, but you can't, it's there and it's kind of, well, a, you don't know how long it's going to be there. There are people yeah. who it just stays, it stays their whole life. Yeah. But it may go away after months. Yeah. But again, years. it sounds like something to be avoided. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it it's, is. It's kind of like, okay, think of a, you know, an earache. How long do you want that? <laughs> and sometimes Not it is. Not at all? Sometimes it is an earache. You know, if that's the dermatome oh, that hits, the area of the body that man. hits. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm going to go get that vaccine. That's what I'm going to do. Yeah, you can now. Yeah, right. some I'm some there. insurances will pay for it all the way down to age fifty. I don't know if yours you know does what? or not. Hey, but. you know, at that point, I'll, I'll pony up the simoleons yeah. and get it done. And no. This may be boring to our listeners, but I have to say, I do not know whether a given insurance covers anything or not. Um, we know Medicare because Medicare is so standard, and so many people have it. But all of the different plans from all of the different insurance companies. We, you can't and, keep track of it. Well, here's the reason. Because they're changing all the time. Oh. So you can't know. We know, uh, okay, we deal with a particular HMO called Sutter Independent Physicians or the, the Sutter uh, Care Plan Network, whatever you want to call it. We know that one because they cover, they cover the Zosvax and they cover the, uh, the new pneumonia shot. So it, you, know, you don't have to think about that. You know that's covered. You know what Medicare covers. All those other insurances, I'm sorry, I just... I cannot keep up with them. You're going to have to check with your individual insurance company. I apologize for that. Actual mileage may vary. Yeah. Yeah. One more thing to get vaccinated for. Uh, Pertussis is a big deal in California right now. That's the industrial strength name for whooping cough. Is it whooping or whooping? This sounds like a Seth Seth Meyers uh, thing, right? Yeah. Whooping. 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 But but there's a W. Whooping. Whooping. Whoop. Whoop. Uh, The name. The name. The whoop. That comes from the sound that babies make when they breathe back in. It's known for this paroxysmal cough. Paroxysmal cough means... <laughs> that's the whoop. Oh, well, that's yeah. the whoop. It and, drives all the air out of you. And, and the then you have to draw that a breath. sound as, yeah. as air comes in because the, the way the airway is after you've been yeah. just taking all of your reserve out, you make that sound. The whoop. So adults don't make that sound so much. They just cough, 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 cough. And then draw a breath. If they want to draw a breath, but they're coughing. Yes. <laughs> so sometimes they'll pass out. Sometimes they'll gag. Sometimes they'll throw up. Sometimes they'll swear. Once they catch their breath. Yes. 
Yeah. So that's what we're seeing a lot of right now that we have pertussis and you'd get no immunity from it by having it. So as far as the argument, oh, the natural immunity, there is none for pertussis. You, you can get it again. You get it again next year. Oh, Lucky boy. you. Wow. So, so pertussis, uh, the P in DPT, uh, DPT being diphtheria. diphtheria, which is an airway disease, <clears throat> pertussis and tetanus. I don't know why those three got put together. It doesn't make any sense to me. <laughs> but we that's another package deal. We put those three together. Well, we do in, in kids, but in adults, we, we left out the pertussis because huh, adults don't die from pertussis. Why would we vaccinate them against it? Right. Well, now we're having this resurgence of pertussis, and it started about a decade ago. Among adults? Yeah. yeah. Well, everybody. Okay. But here's the problem. Babies are dying because babies die from pertussis sometimes. I won't say always, but it, it can be deadly in babies. So if the parent Very or the grandparent though. has pertussis and is handling their infant child or grandchild. Yeah. They, they could make them very, very sick. This is not good. Yeah. So that's right. Because they can't get the shot until about six weeks or so. Uh, oh, the, the infant can't get the right, shot until right, six weeks. Right. Well, okay. But didn't you just say that, like, let's say I, as an adult can't get vaccinated against pertussis? No, we, you can, it's just, we stopped doing it. And again, it's this issue of, Oh, does the insurance pay for it? Well, I'll tell you what, Medicare does not pay for, again, the uh, pertussis vaccine because it's not going to really make a difference in the life of the, of the adult beneficiary. Yes. So that's, that's where that but goes. But you got to think about somebody else. If you're thinking about something, somebody else, you want to go ahead and get the shot. Also, so you don't get pertussis. That'd be kind of nice to not get. Yeah. And because the only problem with the tetanus shot is it makes you sore. Right. Well... So, so what you're saying is if I were to get the shot, that, that um, immunizes me against getting pertussis. For yourself. For myself. And therefore, which more importantly, I don't pass it on to, to infants. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's about it on pertussis. So there so, is a reason to get it. So, oh, and, and, and we are seeing a lot of it. And here's how it goes. Somebody has what seems like a cold, no big deal, maybe a fever, maybe you don't even notice the fever, coughing. But the coughing's horrible, like we just described. And then, okay, it's been a couple weeks. I should be over with this. But the cough continues. They call it the cough of a hundred days. Of a hundred days. You know, I ain't naming names, but there's somebody in my house, I'm thinking, who might be exhibiting the... uh, Oh, so we need to talk about what the options are then. Yeah. Okay. So for treatment, here's the thing. We treat it with uh, antibiotics called... um, well, it's called azithromycin is the one we love to use because it's so simple and you only have to give one pill a day for three to five days, depending on who you read. Uh, but yeah, you should be fine with three days. But it, does, it doesn't make any difference in symptoms at all. It doesn't change the course of the illness at all. You're still coughing for 100 days. The reason you take the antibiotic is so you don't get everybody else in your house infected. Mm. That's the reason. And I'm in fact... Hoping it's not too late for me. It is actually one of those illnesses where we will prescribe the medicine to somebody who doesn't even have the illness prophylactically. We don't do that for much at all, especially now in this age of, ah, no, we're not using antibiotics unless we know what we're using it for and it's going to do some good. This is one where we do it. Strange. Mm. Um, it's, well, it's worth it. In, in this strange time warp in which we are recording this show, it may be that by the time our next show comes out, I will already be sick with it. 
That could be, yes. So we'll report on that later. Oh, I hope you don't get it. Yeah, me too. Yeah, I, I'm thinking you're probably going to end up taking uh, prophylactic antibiotics if, yeah, yeah, if, if you haven't had any onset of symptoms and you're living with somebody coughing like that with that paroxysmal cough where they just keep coughing, coughing, coughing and take a breath. Kind of sounds like it to uh, me. I'm, I'm thinking you may want to do the, the so-called Z-pack of three to five days of azithromycin. I'm, I'm writing this down. Yeah, yeah, on a prescription pad, yeah. So the, we're giving out a lot of that right now because we're seeing a lot of it, and the cough is continuing. But we're also seeing influenza right now. Uh, it is widespread in more states than it's not, and it's made its way to California now. And we are daily, uh, both Dr. Gwen Vaughn and myself, we are uh, giving somebody a diagnosis of influenza. Now, are we treating it with anything? Well, here's the thing. We used to, like, like in the days of H1N1, we gave everybody who got influenza, uh, if we got them within the first two days, we'd give them antivirals. Well, here's the thing. The disease lasts normally five to seven days. You catch them in the first couple of days, you give them some antibiotics, or antivirals, excuse me. What are you buying them? Maybe a day shorter of symptoms. Mm-hmm. So now they're saying, don't even bother, unless they're in some kind of a high-risk group. Again, we talked about those people who are immune compromised or have some kind of respiratory illness. You're really not making enough difference for them to bother spending the, oh, man, I'm trying to remember how much it costs. I'm thinking it's like $80 for a course of this stuff. The reason it's so expensive is because all of the flu viruses going around now are all resistant to the inexpensive antivirals. Mm. They don't touch them. They've, They've upped their game. How did we find our way to influenza? That's, that's another vaccine we need to talk about now. Now, yeah. now I've gone and done it. Oh, well, now you've opened that door. Oh, now we have to walk through it. Okay, so from, from, from my uh, um, reading on the subject, they put together the vaccination in advance of the season based on their best guess as to what the strain is going to be that season. Right, because they can't jump through time like we can when we record a radio show. Precisely. Yeah, so you have to, yeah, best guess. Kind of like filling out a death certificate. Best guess, cause of death. Yeah. That's a song. Or will be someday. Ought to be. So, um, wasn't that a problem with this year's? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, they guessed wrong? No, no, no. It's not they guessed wrong. They, they made it for what was going around. The problem was a so-called antigenic drift where the vaccine can change. and so Like continental drift? Kind of, yeah. yeah. It, well... <laughs> It, it, it does kind of geographically go around the world. That's, that's what they do is they see what's going on in the part of the world that has flu season now. And that gives us our best guess for what's going to be hitting us when it's flu season in our hemisphere. Mm. And so they, they did that. And this, the strain that is most commonly found right now, it was about 50% resistant to the uh, anti or the vaccine it would just, you know, cut right through it and infect the person at the start of the season. Well, <laughs> now, since that's the only one that people who have the vaccine are getting, and a lot of people are vaccinated, it's now the one that's selected for. So now the vaccine is less effective. So if you happen to catch a strain that uh, still uh, is susceptible to the, uh, that's not the wrong, that's not the right word to use, but it doesn't work on the vaccinated people, then you're not going to get it. But if you get the other one, you'll probably have a less virulent course than if you didn't get vaccinated. You won't be quite as sick, but you're still going to be sick. Sorry. So, so basically, 
get the vaccination. There's still value to it. Yeah. Not as much. And it's really been cut down now. You know, it's less than 50% now. But yeah, there's still reason to because yeah. it's just a shot. And if you don't have an allergy to eggs and you don't have any kind of reaction to flu shots when you get it, go get it. Yeah. So all you anti-vaccine folks, you know, come 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 to the come out of the third world and and <laughs> let's just Oh, it's a good thing there's no cameras. Yeah, yeah. There was a Yeah. <laughs> it's a good thing, yeah. No visuals here. Right. Yeah. Should I apologize for using the derogatory term earlier? Should I just no. bleep, bleep it out? <clears throat> no, I just yeah. I didn't do it just for ratings. Okay. So we need to talk about uh, some housekeeping type things for those people who are fans of Medically Speaking Radio. We really want to be in communication with you. And the way we do that is through our mailing list. The way you get on the mailing list, well, if you're listening to the show on our website where the live page is, which you can't on this one because it's pre-recorded, it's not live, but actually on, on our homepage also. On MedicallySpeakingRadio.com, on the right side of the page, look for, if you're not on a mobile device, look for where it says... It's a simple subscribe. form. Newsletter, subscription, it's your name. Do you know your first and last name? First name, last name, and an email address, and then you submit it. And then... And that's it. When the email comes, asking you, are you sure you want to let Mark and Larry have your email address? Say, yeah. Sure. And then we can get some messages to you. We can tell you about upcoming guests and let you know, and you know when what? the... You can give a, a, a fake name if you want. That's fine. It'll just say, dear fake name. Yeah. It's no big deal. That's fine. If you have a problem with us knowing your real name, you In can fact, do that. you can make up some really cool fake names. <laughs> but <laughs> and, and then the ones that make us laugh will give you a prize or something. Well, that's the thing. I was just going to say, for prizes, you have to have your name in the newsletter database to be eligible for yeah. food when we give yeah. away food on the live shows. Right. But yeah. we'll still give away to the people with the fake names. Oh, yeah. If we can identify you. But you have to come with some kind of ID and showing that your fake name is you. <laughs> so, so you have to make a fake ID, too. Yeah, has your name legally changed to see more butts. <laughs> <laughs> or whatever. Oh, come on. Okay. Uh, born before 1957. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so, do. Uh, oh, mobile devices. I didn't say how you do it on a mobile device. On a mobile device, you have to scroll. What's a mobile the... device? Okay, I that's was born like... before 1957. <laughs> that's like a an iPad or a tablet. What's that tablet you have, that Samsung thing? No, I'm using a spiral-bound okay. steno book you know here. How I, here. Do you know how I know you were born before 1957? Oh. Because at the bottom of your email, it says, sent from my Samsung tablet. That's how I know. Oh, they've ratted me out. They're making me look all modern and stuff. <laughs> so on a, on a mobile device, you scroll yeah. all the way to the bottom of the page until you find the little fields to fill in with your email address, first name, last name. Go do it. Do it right now. Hey, you're probably listening to this on a computing device of some sort. Do it right now as you're listening to it. Heck just yeah. Put, just put in your email address, your first name, your last name. In fact, this time of the show is dedicated to you doing that. We're, we're doing this for you. And, and this is your form of vaccination. Actually, this is the anti-vaccine. Yeah. You want to be infected with us. <laughs> We're going viral. You want to share with your friends. Share the Facebook. Yes. You know, go to Mexican Radio on Facebook and share it with all your friends because you care. Because we're not like measles. We will not make you itch. <laughs> you will like it. Why am I thinking of the people that I offended earlier when I'm encouraging people to... Uh, like because the, the people the who are still listening, they, they like us. They're, they're still listening. They like us. So yeah. 
Uh, the, another reason to uh, sign up on that is because we can show those numbers to potential sponsors when, when you sign up and we can say, look, these are real people. They actually gave us an email address. And so they'll say, okay, yeah, you guys really do have people listening to you. And those sponsors will give us money and we don't have to ask you for it. That then. way we don't have to do the public radio telethon. Right. Oh, wait, that's what we're doing now. <laughs> Sorry. No, we're just asking them to sign up. Okay. Not, we're not asking for money yet. And it's so we can tell them about upcoming guests and get their response to certain questions about medical issues and bring the community together. Not just the community of the Auburn area, which is, you know, our main home group, the people who call and the people who are guests, but the, the community at large, the people who listen to Medically Speaking Radio all over the world, except for North Korea. And parts of Forest Hill. There you go. Yeah. And with that, <laughs> we're out of here. This is Dr. Mark Vaughn. And Larry Finney. Telling you to stay in good health. <laughs>